Hello everyone, welcome to Yashoda Hospital's online segment, Know Your Doctor Session. Sleep apnea is a relatively common condition. About 8 million people in India are affected with this, but 80% of them go undiagnosed and untreated. It can affect any age group, but it is more commonly seen if you are above 40 years and especially if you are overweight. So in today's episode, let's discuss about sleep apnea, what causes it and what are the complications and treatment part. I'm Dr. Lakshmi and today we have with us Dr. Gangadhar Reddy, consonant pulmonologist from Yashoda Hospitals, Sikindrabad. Welcome doctor. Hi. Sir, can you tell us more about yourself and your journey in this medical field? Good morning. I am Dr. Gangadhar Reddy, senior consultant pulmonologist at Yashoda Hospital, Sikindrabad. I have graduated from Karnul Medical College, then post-graduation from SV Medical College, Tirupati. Later, I started my career joining in Yashoda Hospital. Since 1999, uh, I have been working here in Yashoda Hospital, Sikindrapal. I have more than 22 years of experience and I have been certified in various interventional pulmonology and I am also certified in sleep medicine. So to begin with, what is sleep apnea doctor? Generally more than one third of our life we spend in sleep. A good quality sleep is very very essential for a, an individual for well-being. Snoring is a common symptom in many individuals. But if the snoring becomes severe and if it is disturbing the sleep, then it becomes very significant. One of the common manifestations of obstructive sleep apnea is snoring. So if a patient is snoring excessively, we have to suspect patient might be having obstructive sleep apnea. Here in the obstructive sleep apnea, whenever patient going into sleep, because of the lack in the tonicity of the neck muscles and the tongue falls behind the throat. So, during sleep, air going into the lungs becomes almost nil. The air flow also becomes reduced. This is what we call hypopnea or complete air flow absence we call as apnea. When this is occurring during sleep, we call it as a sleep apnea. So, there are two types of sleep apnea. One is central sleep apnea, second is obstructive sleep apnea. Central sleep apnea, there are no signals from the brain so that patient will not take the respirations. And the second one is the obstructive sleep apnea. Here, because of the obesity or certain other factors, in spite of respiratory efforts, air will not flow into his lungs. This is called obstructive sleep apnea. Obstructive sleep apnea is more common and it is very serious disease. And most of the time, it is very silent one. I think snoring is a pretty common symptom. So, people who snore, do you think they all should see a doctor? How many do you think actually see a doctor for this? Actually, snoring is not a major problem because many people snore a little bit. But when this snore becomes more and if it is also associated with disturbing in the sleep of the individual or the partner or because of this excessive snoring, there will be what is called obstruction to the airflow. Because of this, there are certain consequences. Patient may develop uh, hypertension, they may have heart problems, they may have diabetes problem. So, only few people develop these consequences. So, those who snore excessively, these patients should seek attention of a sleep specialist. Not all those who snore uh, seek medical attention, only those who, have, who are very much obese 
and who have excessive snoring and who have certain other daytime symptoms like uh, they feel very lethargic, they feel tired, they will have morning headaches and they are uh, irritable. So those who have these daytime symptoms should seek medical attention. So doctor, you've said that there are two types of sleep apnea, that is central and obstructive. So is one type more dangerous than the other? Obstructive sleep apnea is very common and it is very dangerous. Central sleep apnea is less common and it is seen in other diseases. Obstructive sleep apnea is a, uh, especially more prevalent in the patients who are very obese where their BMI is more than 30. So, obese individuals, obstructive sleep apnea is noted around 60 to 70 percent and in India, there are around 26 percent of men are suffering with obstructive sleep apnea and 14 percent females are suffering with obstructive sleep apnea, especially those who are in 30 to 60 and those who are diabetics, those who have heart problems, those who have brain problems, we have to suspect obstructive sleep apnea in them. Generally, they will have excessive snoring in the night and they will have excessive daytime sleepiness. So, you mean to say there is obstruction of upper airways which is causing snoring. So, doctor, tell us one thing. People who snore, are they aware that their breathing is troubled during the sleep or is it always the person next to them who tells the patient? So, generally, they may not be aware that they are excessively snoring. So, generally it is complained by the bed partner. Sometimes they may have daytime symptoms like lethargy, daytime headache or lack of concentration in activities. So, they will be knowing these symptoms then they will approach to the doctors. But the snoring episodes or gasping episodes during sleep most of the time brought to the notice by the bed partner. So, doctor, let's discuss about the risk factors or what causes sleep apnea. Is it always overweight or being obese or are there any other factors contributing to this? So, the major risk factor for obstructive sleep apnea is the main risk factor is obesity. If their BMI is more than 30, generally they will have sleep apnea. Apart from obesity, certain individuals where their facial abnormalities are there, small chin is there, or some ENT abnormalities like nasal polyps, turbinate hypertrophy, deviated nasal septum or in children's there is adenoid hypertrophy, tonsillar hypertrophy or in certain individuals their posterior pharynx is very bulky and sometimes the tongue behind the tongue also it is very bulky. So, these individuals they are very prone for developing obstructive sleep apnea. Well, I think that's interesting that I thought it's only obesity which causes sleep apnea, but there are many other factors which contribute to this. So now talking about consequences, why should one worry if they have sleep apnea? I mean, what are the consequences one can have? Is it just disturbed sleep or are there any other significant consequences? Very interesting. Obstructive sleep apnea, it is a very common disease. Simultaneously, it is a very silent disease and it is a serious disease. So, many of the people would snore badly who have obstructive sleep apnea may not be aware of the consequences. Especially during sleep when there is diminished air flow because of this there is oxygen levels goes down. When oxygen levels are going down they release 
certain chemical mediators, some hormones, these in turn have effect on the blood vessels. So these in turn they cause uncontrolled hypertension, their sugars also go uncontrolled, they may have heart beating disturbances, what we call arrhythmias, they also have heart failure, they may have even cardiac failures, cardiac attacks or brain strokes, sometimes even sudden deaths also. So, obstructive sleep apnea appears very silent disease, but the consequences are very, very grave. So, one should be aware of these things. Well, I think that's alarming because uh, sleep apnea or snoring, I think it's just about anybody could have. And most of us, about 80% of patients would be ignoring this and not visit a doctor. Before we move on to discuss about the treatment part, how do we diagnose one is suffering with sleep apnea and what are the tests that we run for the patients? So, generally whenever we suspect a patient who is having these symptoms like excessive snoring and daytime sleepiness, we suspect obstructive sleep apnea, especially in obese individuals. When these individuals come, we take a thorough history. So in the history, we ask about their sleeping pattern, their gasping episodes, their daytime behavior, all these things are included in his sleep history. We also take a close physical examination of his neck, throat and all these things. When we strongly suspect patient having obstructive sleep apnea, these patients are they're subjected to uh, sleep test, what is called a sleep test that is called polysomnography. Here in the polysomnography, it can be done either in the home or in the hospital in the dedicated sleep lab center. So whenever a patient uh, is uh, presumed to be having uh, obstructive sleep apnea, we ask for him to come for the test. On the designated appointment day, he will come to the sleep lab. We attach various sensors to his body, to the head, to the chest, to the nose, to the abdomen and to the muscles. We record various uh, tracings, that's why we call this polysomnography. We record his uh, sleep stages, we record his snoring, we record his oxygen saturations, we record his muscle movements, all these things will be recorded overnight in the sleep lab. Next day, technologist will remove these uh, sensors and individual will go and for his routine works and the report is generated from the computer. This will be further analyzed by the sleep specialist. Based on the report, the sleep uh, pattern and the sleep severity, obstructive sleep apnea severity is calculated. Generally, in any individual, these apneic events or apapneic events are up to 5 or normal. But if these events are 5 to 15, we call this as mild sleep apnea. 15 to 30 we call as moderate sleep apnea, more than 30 we call as severe sleep apnea. Why this is important is depending on the severity we treat them. So talking about the treatment options, what are the various treatment options available for a patient who is diagnosed with sleep apnea? So in mild cases generally we advise some health style modifications, lifestyle modifications like uh, uh, avoiding uh, alcohol, avoiding smoking or uh, avoiding sleeping in the supine position and we also ask them or encourage them to reduce his weight. So for mild obstructive sleep apnea cases, these lifestyle modifications are good enough. But in moderate to severe cases, 
we have certain modalities of treatment. In that, the very important, very effective treatment is CPAP therapy. And other modalities are like uh, uh, some devices we keep in the patient's mouth like mandibular advancement devices or hypoglossal nerve stimulation or surgical modalities. These surgical modalities especially done by ENT surgeons where the bulky pharyngeal tissues or bulky tongue are removed what we call uvulopalatopharyngoplasty or sometimes tonsillectomy or sometimes adenoidectomy also considered. In certain individuals where chin is small, mandible is uh, going backward, in these individuals certain surgeries are considered like uh, craniomaxillofacial surgeries where the chin is brought forward so that there will, they will make more room in the posterior firings thereby treating obstructive sleep apnea. Likewise, treatment is in many modalities like medical modalities where CPAP is considered or some lifestyle modifications or some surgical modalities or sometimes like uh, some devices, mandibular devices like uh, or uh, hypoglossal nerve stimulation devices. So, depending on the cause of the problem for OSA, so we select the treatment. So, the treatment for these OSA or obstructive sleep apnea is very, very precise and it is very much individualized. I think that's interesting because most of the people do not even know that they are suffering with sleep apnea and once they get treated, I think they are a lot more happier, sleep better and are less fatigued. So talking about sleep apnea in children as well, because obesity is on the rise as well uh, in children these days. So do we see that in the pediatric age group as well? And if so, is that of a concern? Yes, even uh, pediatric people also suffer with obstructive sleep apnea, especially those who have anatomical problems, small chin, or those who have adenoid hypertrophy, tonsillar hypertrophy. These children, they are very much prone for obstructive sleep apnea. They also are uh, uh, very much consequences are there for them. So, timely diagnosis of these children is very, very important, especially the causes in a pediatric obstructive sleep apnea is very much reversible. Like if adenoids are there or tonsils are there, if we remove them, they can be cured of their obstructive sleep apnea. So doctor, we've just discussed about the treatment options. So apart from the medical and the surgical options, uh, are there any other interventions we can start for the patients before we decide how to go about? So in the treatment of obstructive sleep apnea, the very effective and the best treatment is what is called PAP therapy that is positive airway pressure therapy. Here what we give is some pressure is given to the upper airways with the help of a machine what is called PAP devices. Here this machine produces some pressure in the upper airways when we applied over his face. So this acts like a pneumatic splint. So when we put on this machine onto the patient's face, it produces some pressure during inspiration and expression. So, thereby it keeps open the upper airways. So, there are three types in this. One is called continuous positive airway pressure therapy, automatic positive airway pressure therapy and bilevel. In continuous positive airway pressure therapy, there will be continuous pressure during inspiration and expression. Sometimes patient feel discomfort while exhalation. So, automatic or auto CPAP here, it modulates the pressure. 
So depending on the patient's requirement, during inspiration it gives more pressure, during expression it will give less pressure. Like that, in BiPAP also we will give two types of two sets of pressures. During inspiration one pressure, little higher and during inspiration little lower pressure. So that patient feels more comfortable. And the other problem with this uh, CPAP therapy is the mask. Many of the people after keeping their mask on the face, they feel little discomfort or claustrophobic. So the success of the PAP therapy is very much depend on the mask. So a proper fitting mask, a, a comfortable mask selection is very, very ideal. So obstructive sleep apnea, even the severe ones also can be effectively treated by this CPAP therapy. So when you're talking about the mask, should they, how long should the patient keep the mask? Is it overnight or throughout the day? Generally, we ask the patients to use at least six to seven hours in a night, especially when they are going into the sleep. So these PAP therapy or mask application, they are required when patient is in sleep. So most of the times so in initial days, patients feel discomfort, they don't get to sleep. So many of the time they are non-compliant with the CPAP and mask. So we have to repeatedly encourage them because once they get used to it, they will uh, uh, definitely enjoy the benefits of CPAP therapy. So a proper fitting mask, a correct pressure adjustments is very, very essential and they have to use for at least six to seven hours in the night and that too for the long period maybe six months or sometimes some people require lifelong also. So doctor, before concluding this episode, what message you would like to give to the general public as far as sleep apnea is concerned? Obstructive sleep apnea is a very common entity and but it is a very serious disease. It is like a tip of the iceberg. Many of the patients, they will not come to the hospital and seek advice. So they generally suffer without going to the doctor. But those who have excessive snoring and those who have daytime sleepiness should immediately consult a doctor because a quality good amount of sleep is very very essential for a healthy lifestyle. So I urge all those who have excessive snoring and who have daytime sleepiness should immediately seek medical attention because the consequences are very serious. So immediate attention is very, very required and the treatment modalities are very much available. Depending on the patient's problem, we can advise very best effective treatment. So one should have a quality life to lead a good healthy lifestyle. So we've been discussing about sleep apnea with Dr. Gangadhar Reddy and sleep apnea is a common condition with potential complications, but most of them do not even know that they have this. But that's nothing to be stressed about because there are various newer treatment modalities available now. So thank you, doctor, for joining us. It was wonderful talking to you. Thank you. Thank you.